Welcome everybody to the Metal Cell podcast. You were just listening to Fraught and that is a track off their new EP or album. I'm not sure. Is it an album? It is long enough for an album. We call it an album. We call it an album. It's called Splitting Tongues. So I'm delighted to welcome my co-host, Danielle. How are you? All good, all good. And the star of the show tonight is Roger Boyle from Curse Monk Records. That's the one. Thanks for That's having me, guys. Pleasure. Uh, welcome, dude. The last time I saw you was in Cork, actually. Of course, yeah. Um, was and that Ritual mer- or was it Urban Assault? Which one? Ritual. I wasn't down at Urban Assault. So, yeah. Yeah. Working a merch stand, I believe. That's correct, yeah. That's right, yeah. That was good crack. That was a daily gig, yeah. Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Fuck me, that was some lineup that day. Ohms. Ohms were on that, that day, weren't they? They were, as far as I believe. They were, because yeah, they, they were, and the crawling, because I interviewed yeah. both. Yeah. Yeah, they were, they were um, before Tenton Slug. Yeah. What a band. What a band. It was deadly. Mm. Yeah. Was that, was that 2018, lads, was it? 2019. Was it 2019? Yeah. 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 God almighty, it's fucking crazy, man. That was uh, 2018, 2015, it feels like. It actually does, like, yeah. As I said, it's great to hear a new track of uh, Fraud, who are commonly known as Drought. Mm -hmm. Um, Shout out to Dave and Garrod. They appeared on the show a few months back. And how did they come into your sites, Roger? Pardon me. Got an email off Dave and... uh, just kind of went from there, really. Do you know what okay. I mean? Back and forth, set me on the demo, blew me apart. Yeah. Or not the mm. demo, but you know what I mean, the album. Blew me apart and signed him straight up. And That's I didn't realise that they were drought because I'd never seen them live, you see. But yeah. I remember okay. like, I remember looking up drought when I was at work, skiving on the, on the internet. I was like, these lads look fucking class. So it was, it was lovely to get to, to get the shout and... Yeah, and they're like, so they're such a band that have got such a great reputation, but haven't played that many live gigs. Yeah, um, they're it. very word of mouth band. Um, yeah. And it, but like when you just hear two tracks of theirs off, um, like Dismal Grin and Plague Trader, you're just like, fucking hell! This yeah. is, it's something I can't wait to see live. Do you know? Yeah, mm. it was Alex that actually put me in contact um, from Alex from Tombs. Tombs. Okay, really, he was a contact. Maybe you should consider signing this band because they're amazing. (laughs) I was like, fucking yeah, sweet, man. Jesus Christ, that's mad. That's interesting. Now, I'm not sure, look, the Irish metal scene is is small enough anyway. So, you know, um, word of mouth gets around sometimes uh, more so than social media, doesn't it? No, big time. Let's start from the start, man. Uh, Curse Monk Records started in 2017. 17? Great. Yeah, nice one. And like, what was the the reason for starting it up? Uh, I was doing, still am doing, Rory of Wheel. And I was like, I was on a few labels and they were all pretty good. One or two, not so much, but most of them mm. were class. And I kind of figured that I'll do it myself. You know, I just press the CDs myself and all that kind of crack. And I'll make up a label. So when I send it for a review, yeah. it'll look like it came from a label. And were you a collector the whole time, Raj? How as do you mean collector? collector? as in vinyl and CDs and cassettes, your own collection. Uh, CDs, yeah. As I was collecting CDs up until, Jesus, what year was it? I was in third year in college. Right. So it would have been 2008 or nine, And I had about 1,500 CDs all in a big mad bookcase. Because it was easier than bringing all the shells up to, <laughs> you know, up from home. 
and then some lad broke into the house and robbed every one of them. Wow. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, yeah, they were all in one big case, you see. So it was, it was, he just came in and swiped them. Swiped my mate's DVD collection and the hard drive. Fuck. So that was the collection gone. Oh, <sighs> man. I don't think I'd recover from that. Yeah, it's it's right. <laughs> oh, Fuck. man. Yeah. Yeah. I still have all the shells, though. I'm <laughs> 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 still with CDRs one of these days, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's Gosh. a bad one. That's a bad one. I'm still fucking buying CDs. I, I still have a, a massive CD right. collection. If, if, if people weren't buying CDs, you know, buy me making them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I actually bought um, Nomadic Rituals CD today. I see that. There's only, there only two left. I just panicked. I went, fuck, there's only two left. <laughs> Bang. Don't blame me yeah. for buying that. I love the, the candle seal or something at the back and that a really nice it's touch. A, a wax seal. A wax so, seal, yeah. So that, that's all the lads. That's um, The lads made all them CDs by hand and the plan originally was for, I was to distribute the CDs for lads mm-hmm. and there was another label on board to do the tape but unfortunately the other label had to pull out so I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> so I stepped up to put out the tapes so I'm doing distribution and release of the CDs for the lads and then just the tapes are curse monk. So yeah. all of that lovely, lovely stuff they do with the CDs is all the buys. But yeah, there's a wax seal in the back of it. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, the, the work they put into their releases is it's second to none, man. It's unbelievable. It's a really cool novelty yeah. thing as well. I, 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 oh, yeah. I enjoy that. It's really bad opening the fucking thing. That's the thing. I'm not going to fucking open it. I'm that type of yeah. dude. <laughs> You're just like, one day this could be worth like so much money if I don't open it. I have <laughs> a blind illusion. They're a band from America. I from know, the well, Bay. Used to be yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I have a sealed CD Japanese import of the Sane Asylum. It's worth, no around, yeah, it's worth around 380, 400 quid now. That's class. And the wow. Sanus album is such a good album, man. Like hearing Les play trash is just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I have it on, I had it on LP mm. and I had it on, I think it was cassette, I think maybe at the time. And this trader was selling it back in the good old days of eBay. Yeah. And I bought it off him for, I think it was around 50 bucks just because it was um, a Japanese import mm. and never opened it, kept it. So not that I'll ever fucking sell it anyway, you know what I mean? But it's just, <laughs> yeah. just one of those things, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool to have. No more than nomadic rituals there. No, I'm not gonna open that. I'm just keep keep that sealed there. That'd be cool. Yeah. So you, you released um year three compilation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going Fuck back me. That is <laughs> uh, a serious um selection of songs like yeah, Jesus yeah, Christ. That was, a, that was a tasty year. But recognize Gord, obviously. Um, yeah, nice gourd as well, yeah. Yeah, Chasm Dweller, is it? Chasm Dweller. Yeah, brilliant. Um, Old Worms. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, they split up, but yeah. quality band. That's yeah. Uh, the Road and Red Widows are the mm. four bands from Aegis. Went fucking hell. These are fantastic. Yeah. Did you did you listen to it, Danielle? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I listened to a few bits on it. Yeah, but um, Gord, I would have recognised from. Mm. Was it from? Um, it wasn't Richard they, of the Evil Eye, was it from they played Urban Assault? Assault. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I enjoyed him a lot. Two pieces, uh, Gorder, Gorder, amazing. Yeah. Gorder is the noise and luxury modest could have been the first release I put out on Curse Monk that wasn't me, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I love Gorder. And who's in that band? Is it Hick? No, it's Hick and Hick, Ray. Yeah, you oh, know yeah. Ray from Wreck of the Hespers and Beneath the Sod. 
Yeah, I, I know those bands as in, you know, I wouldn't know their stuff, but I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ray would have been the drummer for Hesperus and then he'd, the Benito Salas his own project. And he's in a new funeral doom band, Bacterium. Oh, Jesus, yeah, man, how do, you, how do you remember all that stuff? Like, <laughs> and I came across then an interesting project as well. I'm, I'm wondering, is it you? Is it Dr. Bastard? Yeah, that's me, Dr. Oh, Bastard. man, it's class. I love it. Cheers. It's <laughs> really good. Is yeah, that just yourself, is it? That's it? Yeah, it's just me. The first song is called Doctor, the second song is fucking, <laughs> and the third song is Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Doctor <laughs> fucking Bastard. It's the only thing I could have done for the part, you know. I'm looking so, forward to working on the second one. But. Yeah, and what? how do you judge um, the reaction to it, Rog? I didn't, I didn't really do any promotion for it, right? and I just threw it up on Bandcamp for the crack. Mm. That's no, I love it. I, I think it's really good, especially the last track, Bastard, is excellent. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's I don't know how to describe it because it's, it's got metal elements, more so like industrial metal elements, but then it's, it's like funky disco stuff. Too. Yeah, it's kind so of I don't know, like disco industrial. Revolting cocks as well, I'm hearing. Yeah, it. Uh, it'd be a pretty big influence to Revolting cocks. I love yeah, I love them, man. They're fucking yeah. great. Like you were collecting music and... What point did you kind of go fucking hell? I know you were a musician, obviously, as well, but what point did the collector go to the music label? Oh, yeah. So with, with the Rory stuff I was making, I decided that, like, I was just going to press it myself uh-huh. instead of having to try to go through labels because, you know, when you get, like, a cut of 20% from a label and you get, like, five or six tapes, you're not kind of a, I just thought, fuck it, I'll do it myself, you know? Mm. And uh, I said I'd just put it under Curse Monk. So when I send it to reviewers, they might pay more heed to it if they thought it came from a label. Right? Yeah, yeah, very good. Very yeah. cool name. Really then, cool name. Yeah, it came from a review of a Rory gig. They were saying, oh, he's like a cursed monk spouting <laughs> blasphemy. <laughs> That'll do me. Yeah. Do you know what I did for the crack, right? You're going to die <laughs> right. laughing at this. So I just typed in, right, Curse Monk. Curse Monk interviews. That's what I put in. This came up. It's a book series and it's called The Maggie Newbery Mysteries. Lovely. <laughs> right. And there's this passage in this book. This is typical of me being a fucking nerd. But anyway, I'll read it out. So as he stepped into the elevator and faced the waiting room, he noticed a man in monk's clothing. Was he there because of Dupree's case. Meanwhile, as he rode down the elevator, Roger cursed the fact that he had handed this investigation over to Gerard. It's all it. there. Weird. It's all right. there in that now paragraph. We know the, right. Now we know the true place yeah. where Cosmo well, like, came from. Fucking spin it so it's dash. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> Isn't that unbelievable? Like, That's yeah. wild. The That's whole wild. lot is in it, man. Roger, and the, the guy's name is Roger. Like, What's the name man. of the- it's Maggie Newbury's Mysteries, book 12. <laughs> that's going to be on your Wikipedia now in years to come. It's going to be like, that's where it came from. Let me get the T-shirt. Uh, stop. Speaking of the T-shirt. It's deadly. Oh, lovely. Yeah. The yeah. artwork is so cool, Nat. Who's, yeah, who's uh, the shout out to? Krill is his name. Okay. K-I-R-I-L-L. He's a Russian artist. Um, Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. I could like... I had a, I found a picture of his online years ago. I used to have it as a profile and I got onto him about it. Like, can I use this for the, the label? He goes, nah, man, that's a band's, sorry. But I'll make you a new one. <laughs> 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 oh, fucking sweet. 
so I use so him. So cool. Yeah, thanks very much. I use him uh, mostly, and then for the the font, I uh, Kieran, you know Kieran from Carosa. Of course, I yeah, do. Yeah. yeah. So Kieran does all the font work for me, which is class. Ah, very good. That's good to hear that, man. Actually, nice combo. Yeah. Mm. So if you don't mind, just list the steps, right? It took from, uh, from the bedroom from the to getting to a consistent audience that you're able to reach with every new release. Making a Facebook page. Right. First <laughs> of all, yeah, all as helps. As, but basically, <laughs> as soon as I did that, I did that to make the whole thing look more religious because I didn't think anyone would pay any heed. Mm. And then I started getting submissions. And then right. one of the submissions was from Weed Priest. Ah, class. Because I never... Huge, huge band. I mean, the lads in Galway went to see him every fucking month they played, you know? Yeah. So I was just delighted to get to hear the new album. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But uh, I had finished um, teaching and I was getting my last month's paycheck and it was going to be maybe 1500 or whatever. And I was like, well, I just put it out. They want final and stuff. And sure, will we go from there? And will we, will we try it, you know? Mm-hmm. Because... Fuck it. I, I was on the dole at the time. This was coming in the following month. Will I just take a chance? Took the chance. And that's basically the, the main step. So once once we priest around the label, more people were like, oh, I know that band. Let's check out this label or let's put throw submissions in. And then it was just kind of a snowball of just putting stuff out and then just learning off off the fucking off the hop, really. Yeah. Cause like so, you'd figured out how to press your own CDs. Oh yeah, well that was handy. I just got onto a, a duplication company. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah. so you just you didn't have to do that yourself then? No, no. Luckily, I have a, I have a CD press now. I haven't used it yet. Okay. I got it from work. They were throwing it out, so fix that lad up. Class. <laughs> and what about kind of artwork and covers for the albums? Um, that's that's the bands. So I, yeah. I offer digital uh, graphic design if they need it. Okay, but other than that, the artwork is just uh, it's for the band to do. I w- I'd be happy to do it for them. Wouldn't pay for it because yeah. we're <laughs> but we're very much uh, the artistic intention of the band is what's most important. Yeah, but like that's what I'm saying. Um, just the inlay sleeves and all like that. You look after that, is it? And again, is yeah. that in house or do you farm it out? The printing of it is farmed out. Yeah, the it is farmed out as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Weed Priest was the first one to get, geez, you're, you're kind of, to get. that was a great bit of luck to start off with them. It was, it was. So the way it went, there was two Rory albums. Then there was a Gord and Luxury Mollusk tape. Mm. But we had, they had got onto me after the Weed Priest thing because with vinyl, it takes three months to press vinyl. So Weed Priest were the first one to come in. But the first release was Luxury Mollusk Gord because of the timeline. Yeah. Okay. You know, but it was, it was, it was mighty to get him. It was in fairness, so I think the, the name like really helped you there because I think like oh, Weed Priest on Curse Monk Records is just it sounds yeah. amazing. And yeah. like even when I heard when I first heard it was Tombs, I first heard Curse Monk Records, and it's to me I was like Jesus, that sounds like a serious record label. Like <laughs> it's unreal. It definitely it, it, it adds so much to it. Well, thank you very much. And yeah. it's great to get to sign uh, more Irish artists because it's amazing. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to putting out more Irish stuff. Because mm. when you're starting out and you're coming up, there's not a huge amount of point because we all know the same people. So we'd all be trying to sell to the same people. Yeah. Whereas now that there's a couple of years under the belt and I have kind of roads and inlays made with more international audiences and whatnot, now I can get Irish bands 
to international audiences. You know that kind yes, of way? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. great. So for today, for instance, we just signed Motor Bear. Oh, yeah. class. That yeah, is yes. great news. I, I've, I've, I'm like you kind of, sometimes I get the benefits of the job. Like is I yeah. get um, stuff sent, you know, in demo form. And I got yeah. that whole album of theirs in demo and it's fucking yeah, the, outstanding. Sent it to me yesterday and did it. It's, it's class. Yeah, it it's is brilliant. class, man. That's great news. Jesus Christ. And what would be your best selling act so far? Um, it depends on the format and whatnot. I think CD probably old worms. Okay. As we did, we did a second pressing of that. And vinyl. Uh, pardon me. And vinyl. Oh, vinyl. Just yeah, I don't know. I'd have to do the numbers mm. because we did nest on vinyl, geist and geist on vinyl, and we priest of course. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, nest uh, and we did shallow grave. Okay. But, the Geist release was me and Geist put it out and then Nest and Shadow Grave were collaborative efforts between me and other labels. You know, we all pitch in and then yeah. we all out. Whereas We Priest was just me. So there was 300 of them released whereas I might only get 30 or 40 copies of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We Priest, I'd imagine. Like, I'd have to run the numbers on it. But. Mm. Are there a few people that buy all your stuff the whole time? Is there oh, yeah. certain buyers there yeah, that just... Yeah, and they keep the record label afloat then as well. They you know? certainly do. Yeah. <laughs> Everything that, that you put out. Thank it's God. Yeah. 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 I know fair play to them. Yeah. I mean, that takes a lot of stress off you, man. Yeah. <laughs> They're like the locals in, in the local pub, isn't it? You can <laughs> exactly. be guaranteed to be in every night for around yeah. five or six pints. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> it does. They do change kind of year on year, which is nice. You, you'll get collections of people buying everything and then they might drop off and then you get more people mm. coming by everything. There's but been a few there since day one, which is lovely. Yeah, yeah but, but you've been very good as well, man. You're always offering discounts, you know, and buy I, one and get, you know, 50% yeah. off the next one. Yeah, it's great to see that, like. Yeah, well, thank you. So would you say then that Curse Monk Records provides a platform for musicians within the underground that are often overlooked because they're not established on the live circuit or couldn't be bothered with the whole social media thing? It's like there's almost an under underground, yeah. like. I'd certainly hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there's been a few acts who really, really hate self-promotion. Mm. And I don't mind spamming the shite out of every Facebook group going. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to promote nice. promote everyone. Yeah, I was asked by um, I was was it? Yeah, it was actually Motor Bear that asked me if I would do PR work for him outside of the label, and I was mm. just like, "Well, why don't I just come onto the label?" Yeah. So luckily they said, yeah. "All right." So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that is fascinating. We're all aware of the Irish metal mm. underground, but then there's another layer below that again. Mm -hmm. of bands that will create music a bit like Rory as yourself like yeah, that yeah, yeah. you know sometimes won't even necessarily tour it uh, the ones that know all love playing gigs you know I don't have mm. any like real super duper introverted just bedroom acts on the label I wouldn't say no to it but I just yeah what about drone would be hard to portray live as well, wouldn't well yeah I mean it, it depends where you go I mean I, I've been lucky enough in Ireland to get like like we priests used to put Rory on a lot but then in saying that like I've played you know opening festivals in Vienna closing festivals in fucking Belgium and you know I got to support Belwich so there, there's a big scene for it in Europe 
Yeah. And often a lot of like the underground noise acts and drone acts in Ireland would play more in England and places mm-hmm. in Europe. And there, there is a scene for it. It's just Ireland's so small that like, I mean, Mik- uh, Mikael, I can't think of the man's second name. He runs the Resonance Nights in Ireland. And they're amazing. Like, there might be some nights, it, it, there might be a lot of people there. Other nights, it's just the artists. And it's really, really just like you're, you're showing off your new skills for the other artists. And yeah. It is, it's, it's lovely. It's class. Cool. Mm. What about, um, you know, the artist Golgotha, Shane? Have you heard of Shane? No. In Gol- it's, um, He's deadly. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. It would be dark synth wave. Yeah. Lovely. So yeah. check him out. He's um, he's doing it all by himself. Um, yes. He's doing a great he, job of it too. Yeah. Yeah. Savage. Um, and when we were trying to figure out would it would it work live as well? Oh, uh, definitely. Because like he's similar to Carpenter Brute. I don't know if you know Carpenter right. Brute. And like um, I've, I went to one of their shows over in, in Barcelona and it was this unusual mix of moshing and dancing. <laughs> and it was class. It was so much fun. So yeah, I think it would definitely work live. Savage. Savage. Yeah. I mean, definitely. like no other tongues work amazing live. You know, and, and it's yeah, just the one go. dude. You know. Yeah. What's his name? No other tongues is the name of the act. Uh, All oh, right. Your man's name is it's slipping me at the minute. Okay. There's so, perp yeah. better as well. Similar enough to all that kind of synth. Mm synth dark metal kind of stuff yeah yeah. class so you find your acts then mainly is it your word of mode or choose submissions Uh, it's 50-50 it's it's Mm. more like submissions and then if I find something online I'll I'll approach them I'm happy enough to approach lads and say listen I can offer you this do you want to come on board you know on submissions alone for the Metal Cell podcast and these are just European and American Mm. it it's just overwhelming it's impossible to sit down oh, really? and listen to him. Oh my God, Jesus Christ! And yeah. I'm not, I'm not blowing my own horn. You know the crack, Rory. It Indeed is fucking nuts. Um, the the amount of submissions. Um, yeah. Obviously, the Irish bands get priority every time, you know. But 100%. the stuff there, the you just I don't know how you do it. You know, you'd want to be doing a full time to actually dedicate, your, you know, a certain amount of time every day to listen to maybe five or six acts. I mean, that's kind of the, uh, the what's the word? Nature uh, the, sil- the silver, The silver lining of lockdown is I'm stuck at home. Oh, so. oh okay. <laughs> and they- <laughs> to make it your full-time job, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. And what are the qualities then you look at an act before approaching them or signing them or? Uh, if it grabs me, really, there's, I don't have any kind of like set out criteria of, you know, it needs to sound this way or whatever. It's just if I listen to it and it's like, fuck, that was cool. And then listen to it a few more times and it's like, yeah, right, I have to work. I have to see if, at least if they'll work with me because at the end of the day, like I do all the PR. So if I'm not really, really digging it, then it's, it's going to fall flat. It's mm-hmm. for me trying to get it across how much I like it, you know, kind of way. Yeah. There's been, there's been one or two bands that come in and it's like, yeah, I could see that making money or I could see people really enjoying that, but not for you not going to sit with the, you know exactly yeah yeah I and liked your uh, like slogan as well like the darker and the weirder the better kind of, you know <laughs> it's so cool <laughs> yeah um, I'm enjoying making the compilations now so we had um, Year 3 came out last night I think yeah that's the one we were listening year, year to Year 4 yeah. was on uh, New Year's so I'm doing 2 and 1 or the next ones but it's <laughs> lovely to re-listen to 
all the albums and just you know pick the tunes and try to do mixes of the tunes and it's a, it's a nice little uh, cavalcade of weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the majority of your acts don't necessarily need a big budget to um, get their stuff out. Mm. Um, and you're kind of promoting it then into kind of a niche market as well. What are the challenges in relation to that? Promotion-wise, I mean, I've been lucky enough that I've built up relationships with some reviewers where mm. I can give it to them through their Facebook messenger, basically, and have okay. a discussion or a conversation with them about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so at least I know they'll listen to it, but whether or not they'll review it, sure, it's 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 so subjective that who knows, you know? Yeah. And it, it's always, I mean, the people who are reviewing and people who are, you know, the people that you need to get to for the PR, like, like, like as you were saying, with the metal cell, is overloaded with submissions. Can you imagine what it's like trying to review to be an album reviewer? Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So that's that's challenging, but I mean, eh, not so much in else. You know, we, we we do the same for everyone. We just do our best for them. Mm-hmm. And what kind of budget then? For the budgets? Do, no, do, do budgets change for different bands in re, in relation to releases? No, uh, what we do, what we offer is we used to offer releases of 100. Okay. Uh, about 40% going to the band. What we started to do now is 50 with 40% going to the band just because financially it makes more sense and I have more space in my house and not just boxes of CDs. Mm. So uh, what we offer is 50, a person of 50 CDs or 50 tapes or if we can do vinyl happy days, the band gets 40% to the physical release yep. for them to sell on their own we don't have a kind of a we need to make this much money before we give you anything clause because no need right and uh, that's that's basically it do you know what I mean that's everyone gets the same yeah. everyone gets the same level of PR everyone gets the same release we have a buy-in clause because like 40% to 50 is 20 and 20 isn't 20 CDs might get you very far if you're going on tour so if a band wants to buy in they can buy in bring the balance up to a present of 100 or whatever okay you know, yeah. during the pre-order sale or during the pre-order stage, if it's selling a lot, we'll up to pressing obviously mm. to meet demand. But um, yeah, the buying option is actually proven very popular, which is because yeah. yeah, <laughs> you always feel like a bit of a dick saying, "Well, we'll put out your album, but you know, you can give us money," and yeah, you feel like an arsehole. Yeah. But at that end of the day, there is it's still like, a business for you, man. Well, this is it exactly, and you know, we offer the same. Uh, it's the same percentage cut on the original 50. They bring the balance up. So it works out at the band getting 70 CDs at an uh, investment of 90 euro and then, you know, pay for shipping and things like 20 or 30 quid. So when you take that into account of, say, 90 euro for 70 CDs, uh, 10 bucks a CD, you know, at 700 quid, it makes sense for the band. Yeah. And then have like to have someone do PR for them and then there you go. not have to pay for pressing themselves. Yeah. So that's proven more, it's proven more popular than I expected it to. Mm. So that's nice. But know? someone like Tombs would Tombs have looked at that. Yeah. Yeah. How, pla- is- how pleased were you with the reaction across the board with that album? Yeah, very pleased. Very pleased. A lot of people <laughs> picked it up. A lot of people liked it. <clears throat> it would be something I'd love to put on vinyl if the, the finances were there, but. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to buy that in vinyl. Yeah, oh, of, of course you would. Of course yeah. you would. My question is, what color vinyl though? Black. 
<laughs> but all the other ones are too dear. <laughs> I can paint it myself. <laughs> <laughs> it actually leads me into the next one. So digital cassettes, vinyl or CDs, what's your preferred choice? To, to put out or to listen to? Um, both, actually. To put out, it's got to be vinyl. Like if I can, because that's like, the daddy of releases, everyone fucking wants it. And yeah. you know what I mean? Mm. And it's, they're vinyl. Personally, for me, listening, I think CDs, mm. you know, I've always been a CD man. The um, systems, they're, they're class expensive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think, like, I think my hearing is too fucking shot to enjoy the frequency differences. <laughs> you know, that kind of way. CD, just nice, something that's nice and loud. Will do yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But like digital is so popular as well. In that it really is, and it's, oh, yeah, I imagine it's very like, little trouble involved in getting, getting that out. Yeah, I, honestly, the amount like everything I listen to now is pretty much digital because I'm listening to dry tunes or whatever. Yeah. I, I buy CDs like it's for the artwork, really, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I love listening to true. CDs. If we're, ta- if we're talking physical format, it's got to be CD, mm. vinyl, tape. But I mean, the, re- the, the reality of it is it's all digital now. Although in saying that, I don't listen, I don't go on to Spotify or any of those. Yeah. You're the opposite. You're always uh, digital. Yeah, I'm always Spotify. I'm really? Yeah, Spotify, Bandcamp. She sounded yeah. younger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got a vinyl player recently enough, so, um, but it was a present and mm. I've kind of gotten into the craze a little bit now, vinyl too, but mm. it, my first, my first port call is always like my phone for Spotify. Yeah. Um, it's handy, like, but I suppose it's tougher now because I'm listening to a lot more underground stuff and as you were saying about the under underground you won't find that mm-hmm. in Spotify mm-hmm. um, so Bandcamp will generally have it so between the two of those really yeah, yeah I love Bandcamp it's savage yeah. good resource yeah yeah like you wonder um, what the effects like kind of of social media and streaming has on music sharing and consumption like I mean like we're going to be left behind, you know, old school lads with the CDs and everything exactly. like that, you know, yeah. but like, like fans, like aren't just experiencing music. They're, they're involved in the whole process now of promoting bands as well and getting the word out there by listening to their stuff on, yeah. as, as Danielle is doing there on Spotify and sharing it. And hundred yeah, percent people can start adding it to their Spotify playlists or, yeah, it's a great resource. I've, I've just never, uh, I've never had any luck with Spotify. Yeah, like it's in, for example, someone put something up on Facebook one day, and it was, it was acid bath actually, Richie. And cool. I looked at it, I looked at it, and I was like, that looks like something I'd like. Like it looks like something I'd like, and uh, I started listening to it and became obsessed. And that's again just somebody just sharing it, not even saying anything about it, just being putting it up yeah. and I was like oh that looks like something I would like <laughs> it makes no sense like it looks like something that would sound good <laughs> yeah uh, and it does yeah it does it sounds great um, yeah, like isn't it just mad though the way it, it's gone that way socially mm. that bands can get to way more people just by someone going into Spotify taking one song posting it up on Facebook or WhatsApp group that gets shared amongst yeah. maybe 10 or 20 people. And then suddenly you're off and Goes running. Off. Then like smash. Yeah. It's, it's like, like YouTube, I suppose, you know, if someone has a big enough YouTube subscriber list and they throw up a, an album mm. or whatever, you can get, Jesus, bands have toured off it. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. They have actually. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? 
It's true, Jesus Christ. Like, what was it Howard was saying? That they released um, a split single with uh, Suits there. Mm. And off the back of that, they got a load of tours, you know, you know, just off a single. But if that was 10, 15 years ago, it would have been a total different story. Who would have got the single? Who would have, you know, it would have been just local lads that would have known about it. And that's it. 100%. Yeah. Like how, how good are you on social media? Did you, did it take fucking ages for you to figure it out? A little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out Instagram. (laughs) <laughs> uh-huh. I'm not fucking very good at Instagram. Instagram is a, ca- a walk in the park in relation to Twitter. I can't yeah, fucking well, uh, Twitter, Twitter is very far down the line for me now. Yeah. Basically, when I put on Instagram, I just fucking, it automatically shares on Twitter. So that'll do me. Yeah, yeah. you can do that. You're just like me. I don't even, I do have a Twitter account, but nah, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. This is more like political and commenting really, isn't it? Rather than getting music out there really. Yeah. I mean, I'm handy enough at Facebook. I've full time on Facebook, which yeah. are, and which is nice because you know it's it's older people on Facebook now. They might buy CDs. <laughs> <laughs> they have the money to buy CDs. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, I was doing that for 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 the Rory stuff uh, before I did Curse Punk. So I was I was already annoying people in Facebook groups trying to mm. share stuff around. So that that was handy enough. I'd wonder no more than for the podcast. And for your record label, how effective could something like Twitter be? You know, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I genuinely don't have the fucking time to explore it. I mean, Instagram is perfect for me in promoting because you can link mm-hmm. it into Facebook, you know. So you do your one minute promo clip of yeah. what artist is coming up the f- next week, we'll say. Yeah. And then, you know, take a few clips off the interview then. And put oh, them up on yeah. your socials and walk away from it, you know. Yeah, and this whole fab Facebook business manager thing, where you can do it all from the computer now. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot more Instagram now that I can post it from the computer. I was just always shy to doing it on my phone, you know. But mm. I really think I'm going to take a stronger look at Instagram down the line. At the minute, I'm building the Curse Monk fa- our YouTube account, so that's that's cool. Yeah, oh, I noticed cool that. <laughs> I found way more of an audience through Instagram than Facebook. Simple as. Yeah, Instagram is kind of quicker, like, isn't it? It's just a photo with a small caption, while sometimes Facebook, you have to kind of really put up something long and things like that, I think. And you've got the tags as well. If you get the right tags on Instagram as well, it it always helps. Yeah. Yeah. If you sign an artist tomorrow for Curse Monk Records, Mm -hmm. right, what happens next? Say, right okay, we've got something ready. We've got maybe five songs ready. Okay. What can you do first? So we can take, um, we'll take Tombs as an example. Good. Okay. okay. So I seen Tombs at Walpurgis Night, I believe it was 2018. Mm. 2017, 20, I think it was 2018. And I was doing a merch stand and uh, just doing a, like running the merch stand for the event, but then having a little curse funk thing. I think we had like three or four releases at the time. Okay. And Tombs blew me away. They were playing Stoner Doom and Blast Beats. And I was like, fuck yeah, I want them in the label, <laughs> right? So I got on to the lads the following day, uh, asked them if they'd be interested in putting something out with us. And they were like, yeah, we don't have that yet, but fuck yeah, we want to put something mm. out with you. And I was like, cool. Then it was two years later before the lads had stuff ready, which right. is fine. That's how long things take. You know what I mean? Yeah. So basically, once someone wants to work with me, happy days, I, I don't... I'll wait as long as it takes, right? Mm. 
once they had something ready, once they had the album ready, they sent it on to me. Mm-hmm. I had had listeners like, yeah, still interested, of course. Brilliant. Uh, I can then I had review my list, my release list, see when I can fit them in because I try to do one a month just from a financial point of view, just right. handier, you know, and from okay. a promo point of view. Sometimes I've done three or four a month one time. You get confused and like some band gets left a little bit behind and you feel like a dick forever. Yeah. So <laughs> it's uh, easier to do it the other way. Then once once they agree to the release schedule, happy days. Uh, there's an eight-week pre-order period that'll come on before we st- decide the release date. I do all the promo on that period, try, try to get the money for the press and back as best I can. Because yeah. once the album is released, people tend to buy from the band rather than the label, which is mm-hmm. understandable. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the the whole process. Right. You know? So for like Molar Bear, I signed them today. Um, they listened to the demo last night. It's amazing. They haven't recorded reckon yet. So whenever the lads are ready, there's no rush yeah. on Never a rush on my end. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we try to be as, as artist-based and focused as we can. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're here to work for them. And what are the things that stress you out, put you under pressure? Zoom calls. <laughs> <laughs> you're, doing, you're playing a stormer yeah. tonight. Anybody yeah. can't, so there's no worries there. Uh, <laughs> not really. I mean, at, at the very start before I knew kind of the ins and outs, you know, if I wanted to do something, I'd have to run it by the band first, right? Which is fair enough because it's their work. So now everything that I'm going to do label-wise for the band is discussed with them at the start. So they know exactly what what's going to be hit, when I'm going to hit. You know that kind of way? You're going to be chopped around on YouTube. Your album's going to be put on YouTube channels. Your album or their video will be uploaded on my YouTube channel. Blah, 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 blah. Yep. So the band will go, yeah, cool, happy with that. And after that, there's no, there's no real stressor because right. everyone knows what's happening and when it's going to happen. I think is it have you 27 acts roughly or be 30 even 30 I think yeah there there was well I, I it could be yeah it might be 30 releases <laughs> because there's a few you know like yeah. there's a few aboard and Chasm Dweller and stuff like that so. mm. a lot of them would be international bands from America Italy Again, uh, how, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, how are you communicating with them, them lads? Is it through email again, or do they need the the Zoom call, as you call it? Or I, I do phone? it all. Do it all on. Um, it starts out email, and then generally Facebook, or just Facebook Messenger. Right. Just okay. I don't, I don't. I've never. I don't think I've ever talked to the any of the bands I don't know personally, like face to face. Really, that's amazing, isn't it? Fucking hell. One of the days. It'd be nice to sneak up at him when I go to see him live. <laughs> this is me. You're on my yeah, label. Exactly. Yeah. No <laughs> Tell us about your uh, musical background then. Were you self-taught? Uh, yeah, 50-50. I, was, um, I went to lessons uh, playing the bass. Like I went to a few lessons with a handful of them. Mm-hmm. And then I started spending the money on more nefarious things and <laughs> stopped going to lessons. And <laughs> uh, then, yeah, basically my friend taught me how to do power chords. On a guitar, and then he taught me how to do, like just do root notes on a bass, and then I just went from there, basically. So mostly self-taught, you know. Uh, I was in, I did music for the Leavenworth for fifth and sixth year, so got a nice little bit of theory there, you know that kind of way. Uh, that'll do. That'll yeah, do. Yeah, uh, it was grand. Uh, and Daniel is um, a drummer, aren't you, Daniel? 
I don't know if you'd say I'm a drummer now because my kit has been at home for years and you got I, to get you got to roll yeah. that out for one oh, episode alone. 100% have to get back behind the kit. Um but yeah. Self-taught as well. Um no one would no one in charge would give a, a wild 15-year-old lessons. So um <laughs> But yeah, it's something uh, I have to get back to. But um, mm. listen, if you get the drum kit out, I'll get the you bass. Get the bass out, yeah. Dust it down. Yeah. I still have the Marshall lamp upstairs. Yeah. It's a beauty, the Marshall lamp. Oh. If, you, if you get the drums out, you'll be hounded by bands looking for drummers. I have been told that. Work, you know. <laughs> yeah, everyone says that the drummers are impossible to get. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Jesus. So what was your first band then? Uh, first band I was in was called The Goons. That was that was good crack, a uh, kind of a grungy teenage band. So it was a lot of fun. with stuff my mate Ronan, James, and I. Then there was uh, or I was in that with um, Jeff, Say that again, Raj. You were just breaking up there. Oh, pardon me. I was in a band after the Goons called Oral Ammunition. All right. Okay. Uh, there was um, Jev from Crowback Chicken was the drummer. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah, no I, way. Uh, I know Gev very well. Yeah, uh, Gev's son. And then That's, after that... Where was that? Where was he living at the time? In Clamel. And where are you from? Clamel. Well, outside Clamel. Oh, from Collins from Clamel, is he? Yeah, so myself, Gev and Colin were all in the same year in school. We That's that ridiculous. Year. I never knew that. That is gas. Yeah, yeah. How many musicians came from Clamel? Fuck me. <laughs> that is nuts. Uh, the place is fucking miserable, so I have to do something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Deadly. Go on, keep going. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then after that, um, I think the next band I was in after that was the Nudge Burns, or a punk band. And I was with the Nudge Burns for two years, and then we split up, and then I was in Play Dead for me, Jenny. A great band, but we, ne- we never made it outside of the rehearsal room. We didn't belt the tunes, but we just... <laughs> Preferred fucking get stoned and play in the rehearsal room, to be honest with you. Then after that, I didn't play for years. Uh, I did Stoned Crow, which was an industrial metal thing I just made on my own. Mm. Uh, then I was in Stone Carver a few, a good few years yeah, after that's, that. That's, yeah, that's the first band I'd recognise, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, after Stone Carver, Noosed, uh, uh, well, the Rory, but Rory isn't really a band, you know, kind of... Mm. And um, yeah, and and, and relic is it? Was relic another one? Yeah, relic is um, a drone drone metal kind of side project. It's a one. Oh, it's just myself doing the relic. Yeah, and then I, I'm also <laughs> it's just uh, London Phil's Herma, Her, uh, London Phil's Harmonica Orchestra. Is another one I do. And that's is not a solo project. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's basically a nice project which is just all um, harmonicas. And then, <laughs> and then samples of Phil Mitchell from his Oh my God, that's a classic. <laughs> and then, of course, then there's Dr. Bastard as well. There's Dr. Bastard, yeah. The new the fucking output that. from it is unbelievable. Man, you're like a, a schizophrenic with all the different uh, solar projects. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I was listening to news, actually. Um, that's pretty cool, man. Grinds crust. No, it's and it's anti-racism, anti-fascism, and anti-oppression. Yeah, hundred percent. Cool. It's a uh, very, very, very anti-racist. It's fuck that noise. And who's um, manned? 
Manda is my soon-to-be wife. Ah, congratulations. Amanda. There's Amanda Gray is here, yes. Yeah, I was like, this doesn't look like an Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> and what instrument does she play? Amanda, she does um, uh, vocals on a couple of the tracks and then she does some samples. Right, okay. So she'll be, she'll be handling the samples when we do it live, but all the rest of it is just myself. And that so album is called Rise. Yeah, Rise is the new one, and then there's Butcher before that, and then She of the Woods, and then the the first is a demo, the self titled one. Mm, so that got that really was... good receptions. I I read a great yeah, review yeah, on it. Um, I, Rise Rise and Butcher both got class reviews. The other two were demos. People liked them, but it was just such a quick output. I mean, I did the first one in uh, August 2019. Would have been mm. the first demo. Second one in October. And then this time last year, I was doing Butcher and then Jesus Rise Christ. came out. Yeah, it's quick, it's quick enough turnover. I mean, like the first demo was done two days. The second demo was done in 12 hours, start to finish. Butcher was done in two days. Uh, and then a little bit of tweaking afterwards and samples and stuff. And then Rise was, took a little bit longer. Rise took, uh, I think, two weekends. Jesus. And how do you separate each song? I mean, creatively wise in your head. So how I do the noose crack is basically I, I'll, I'll program the drums in Easy Drummer. So I'll have the drums programmed and then I'll write the riffs on the guitar. So it's, you know, it's quick, grindy kind of punk riffs, the guitar. Oh, well, uh, sorry, the bass. And then the guitar twins, the bass. So they're both doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying some beers as the day goes on when I'm writing it. Uh, and then I just kind of unload into a microphone <laughs> as, at the end of it with a langers and then throw some samples over it and we're done. But it makes it sound so easy. Just like, oh yeah, just like, yeah, what ifs. <laughs> if life could be so easy, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, so Dr. Bastard obviously is following that whole ethos. Yeah, Dr. Bastard is as well. Because like. Dr. Bastard is a, it's easier to make a bit. Because what I, I, I take a drum pattern for Dr. Bastard and then everything is based off the one drum pattern. Mm. So we'll have the drum pattern and then we put that through a different, use a different kit for it, uh, but one that's not made of traditional drums and we'll overlay them, then use that MIDI pattern and then we'll just find lots of different instruments that can be done with it. So like, let's put that drum pattern through a piano or a gong or a fucking xylophone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And we just keep layering them, see how that sounds. All right, that sounds weird. Let's throw that through like a distortion pedal, you know, blah, 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 blah. And just keep building it like that, like like Lego. And then see what you come out with. And then like, all right, let's take the, you know, the, the kick drum. Let's just isolate the kick drum and then do it each. Instead of each one, we'll say split it in half and then put that through a subwoofer and then see what happens. <laughs> then layer Jesus that in again, Christ. You know? so, and, and that's, that's Dr. Bathory. Good guy. Yeah. yeah. And You're like a just, mad scientist. It isn't. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so definitely you're keeping on top of um, software as well. Yeah, I, like I threw a bit of money behind um, Logic because I used to do all the Rory stuff was done in Audacity, which is free. Oh, yeah, um, sure. Christ, yeah. That's Audacity. troublesome at the best of times, Audacity, I found. Yeah. That's insane, I, man. I got, to a, I got to a point over the years of kind of knowing... I, would, I wouldn't know the, the big ins and outs of it, but I knew what I was able to do with it. And mm. So that was handy. And then 
I was chatting to Ray from Gord and he was saying, oh, I make the Beneath the Sod stuff on GarageBand. It's class. Yes. And I was like, whoa, I have GarageBand, so let's give that a go. And I was getting good results. And then I was like, what's your fucking logic is, is basically GarageBand, except way more shit. And yeah. it's 200 quid. So let's just throw some money aside for a few weeks and buy logic and then fuck around to that. And that's, that's basically where I, where I am. It's really so impressive. Pricking around with logic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got some pedals and all that for, you know, recording to mm. logic through them and whatnot. But yeah, it's basically just logic and then the, the in-house, is it VSTs? You know, the, the amps. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. Rory benefited from logic. It was like 10 years ago, wasn't it probably? Yeah. I, the first so, demo? So yeah, the first, first demo, that would, that would have been minus 87, which came out in 2010. Mm. But that was a collection of, um, yeah, uh, circuit bent sound stuff I was doing in college. So I used to do a lot of circuit bending. And then this was a, that album was a collection of tunes that made from the circuit bent toys and all that made. So I did that for college. And after college, I was like, oh, let's put this in the internet. So I think it was Cottage 53 for, you know, for the next two years. And then in 2012, We Priest got onto me. They said, oh, we found you on the internet. Your stuff's fucking strange. We'd like you to open up a show. Uh, the first Walpurgis night, actually, in Galway. Mm. I was like, hell yeah, I'll do it. But um, I didn't know what to call myself. As I, I was like, try, try, I just got an art degree, so I was trying to be the artist. And I was like, oh, well, Rory of Weed, it's just my name in Irish. So let's do that. Galway, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... That was I a blessing. Know, I know how many attempts we've tried to pronounce <laughs> Boggle or fucking. I know, well. I know. It was funny. One of the albums got good airplay in Japan and just listening <laughs> to the guys print say it was fucking hilarious. But uh, yeah, so the, the name was a bit of a blessing and a curse because no one can spell it, no one can pronounce it. Fucking but at spell the same it, time, yeah. for what the music is, it's kind of worked well too. But either way, yeah, so I got to shout off We Priest in 2012, yeah. named as Rory, and then went from there. So I think. The actual Rory stuff. Oh, that album Walpurgis was because I'm playing Walpurgis now. That yeah, was a week as well. I think it took to make that. But what? that was um yeah yeah yeah. But yeah, so that's where the Rory stuff came. So really, it is ten years next year. Mm. But the whole fucking around messing sound experiments will be ten years. Later. But like Parish Law um, got fantastic reception. Yeah, that's yeah, really well done as well. I was happy with that. That was the first one that was done, kind of pretty much entirely with electronic instruments, synthesizers and, mm. and logic and stuff. Because all the other Rory stuff is done outside of like drum samples or whatever, or gong samples. It's all done recording something handheld. So like recording yourself oh, scraping, a, scraping a wall or fucking blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then bring that into audacity and fucking with it and trying to find sounds yeah. within sounds and then composing pieces from these things you find, and, you know. I love the way someone described it as Rory creates dusky pathways along his eerie surroundings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the, the Walpurgis album like literally like, scared me because oh, I'm I'm because <laughs> I know I was you're going for the kind of horror vibe and like I'm I can't watch a horror movie because I'm a big scary cat and I was literally just like God this is this is it, it actually. It, it, it inflicts emotion on you like you're just yeah. like jeez I'm on did edge did you listen to it on headphones yeah no I listened to it on this uh, soundbar um, alright Jesus I listened to it on headphones it was fucking worse again Jesus like, Christ seriously class. claustrophobic I'd love, to, but, uh, I'd love yeah. to know what you think of Hiddle Witch I think that's the 
the, the, the most horror movie-esque tune I made is a nice shot, man. You, you must yeah. listen to it. It's on um, uh, To See Without Eyes. It's on the third album. Give, give okay. that a go. See what you think. That's horrible. And yeah, it's, I, it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It's great. And I, I'm not surprised you said it was big in Japan because when I was playing it, my husband, who's into like the Silent Hill games, was like, oh, that sounds like some composer that did the Silent Hill games. Um, <laughs> and he was Japanese. So... Oh, happy days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's um, that's that's a big compliment. Crazy to me. Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that be cool though? D- did you ever approach anybody for um soundtrack music? No. I've, it's Definitely. A, that's the, the dream. Mm. That's really yeah. the fucking dream. Like doing a, a soundtrack, soundtrack in a movie, like scoring a movie or soundtrack in a game. Would yeah. Be top match. I just like I, I don't know who to approach, basically. But that's what I want to what I want to do with it. You know? Yeah. I mean, you did a fantastic job then on the video for Suitsayers um, yeah, Out of Fringe. Uh, cheers. Tis, um, how did that connection I happen? don't know. <laughs> 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 to be honest, no, uh, the Liam and Con got onto me mm. and said, they'd, like, I think I was drunk telling Con I, I did videos <laughs> one night in Cork. Then he got onto me, asked me if I'd be still interested in doing. If I'd be interested, but obviously in, they're big fans of your stuff anyway. You yeah, know? So I, I do all the, the the background visuals for Rory, so I think they've seen the visuals and and, and, and like that. You know, yeah. I think I know I was definitely Langer talking to Con, bigging myself <laughs> up one night. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that the lads liked it. I'm working on the next one for him too for War of the Doves. Oh man, that's one of my favorite songs. What Great, dude. Uh, I've been working on it for because they're very patient with me, in fairness. Mm. They're it's patient very, dudes, anyway. Yeah, which is class. <laughs> it's, it's hard to get, you know, a few minutes to sit down and, and, and work on it. So they've been waiting on it for a while, but hopefully they like it when it comes. Again, I was just saying it. Um, I watched It's a Wonderful Life and that film, I don't know, was it made in the 1940s? But 40s, that's, yeah. that scene in space with the stars Hmm. I was just going Jesus if Roger ever gets on the podcast I'm just wondering (laughs) that's that suddenly appeared in Suits there what was your thought process when they approached you did they give you the song first obviously or had you an idea done and then you went oh that would fit nicely with the song no no they um, they gave me the song Mm -hmm. and then I said do you have any like have you got a brief or yeah just write me what like me to do it (laughs) And Con, he was like, he gave me a, a couple of ideas, and he said, "No, basically you've got free reign. Mm-hmm. So try to try to you know incorporate these few bits and pieces if you can." That's what it is, you know. He said, basically, just make sure that nothing can get a suit. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is, is not copyrighted. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Jesus! And what program did you use to get the video? Well, uh, I yeah. What's it called? iMovie. iMovie, okay. Yeah. You're an Apple man, so. I am indeed, yeah. I've got a laptop, so yeah. I try to do everything with it. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from everything else, you decided then to do a podcast as well. I did, yeah. The Cursed Cast. <laughs> the Cursed Cast, yeah. I had a, a failed outing with that a couple of years ago. I did three episodes and I just stopped. Mm. And then... Um, I remember you contacted me, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was about that was about the one the, the new ir- irritation of it. The new version yeah. of it. Yeah. It's so fucking hard to sit down and get the time to just do it because you have to do three mixes and blah blah blah. 
So I collected all these fucking interviews from other labels last March, and I've got five episodes, <laughs> you know? So I have to get back onto them. And it's like, listen, do you want to update the interview? I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun doing it. I used to do um, a radio show in England in 2013. I used to do it from Ireland, but it was on um, Basic FM, Broadcasting Art, Sound, Art, Sound and Independent Culture. I right. used to do it on Circuit Pendant. So finding Ooh. bands that did Circuit Pendant music and, and that was that. So it, it's nice to do it again. I fucking hate presenting it though. I, I'm getting used to it, but I just, it's really weird sitting there just talking to a wall, you know, and yeah. trying to sound natural and whatnot. And, mm. You know, I just, I much prefer just making the mixes of tunes and presenting it, you know, presenting yeah. the tunes rather than me talking. But I'm getting used to it. And the more I get used to it, the easier it can come, you know. How yeah. do you find it? That's often the hardest part. At the moment, it's handy with all the Zoom interviews. There's no real need for me to introduce fraud and we'll have um, rituals so there's no I can't fit in another band on it but we'll say for example if I was interviewing a band with just one song I'll definitely put in another song or two and that's then where the editing will come in where I'm talking on my own so I'll have to script it yeah and um, how do you find the, the playing in the holes? You uh, <laughs> yeah. sound so enthusiastic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to all right to force because I used to do radio oh. shows as well in yeah. college. Mm. Um, I used to do one um with another girl, two bureaus and a mic, but then I did the mosh pit by myself. Um, I'm fucking sure I've heard two bureaus and a mic. Two bjors and a mic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, two bjors and a mic, but Mosh Pit was by myself, and you're just like, and next on the show, we've got blah blah with blah blah. You're trying not to sound like K Rock or something like that, like, you know. (laughs) Trying to invoke your Tony Fenton, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) It's mad. Yeah, I'll be doing the podcast now two years in March. Fucking crazy. That's wild. Yeah. How quick the time goes, and it's it's leaps and bounds. Like that's a very, very listened to podcast. Congratulations, you know. Thank you. It, it just developed organically, really. Mm. It wasn't forced. Like it's it's because no. it's good. It's because it's yeah. good. It's it's doing well. Like you know. Yeah, oh, you're giving the Irish yeah. around the voice, and it's, it's yeah. really fucking. It's really important work. It's, so it's another part of the whole fucking process you know you know yourself man just mm. you're, you're trying to promote bands that's ultimately what we're in it for yeah you know exactly and um to see how far we can go with it and uh there's so many great bands coming through it's, it's shocking it's, it's just it's unbelievable crazy. it's unbelievable yeah. and and that's that's the whole purpose again you're kind of going when I started it, people were just going, oh, you're going to run out of people to interview after maybe 20 or 30 episodes. Not no, a I no, I don't think so. There's just so many great bands. And even as we're talking, like there's another few releases coming out again. It's like, going, holy shit, like <laughs> yeah. it's mad. It keeps coming, you know. And, and people genuinely don't mind that there's people... There's a few people coming up on the show, maybe two or three times, like Con Doyle, like mm. Sandy Clark, you know, they're all interesting yeah. anyway. Mm. Long may it continue, man. And long it will, I'm sure. Yeah, you know? 100%. And like I always say, like the world cannot survive without music. And mm. 
Curse Monk is there yep. to bring some of the darker music, <laughs> the darker, weirder music to the Irish metal scene. Long may it last, Rog. Ears open. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to see out the show with uh, Nomadic Rituals. Lovely. Class. What did you think of the album anyway, Rog? Did you enjoy it? Nomadic Rituals one? Yeah. Nah, shite. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. No, man, it, it blew me away. It blew yeah. me away. Like, I have known the lads for a good few years. I've played gigs with them before and I've always been a big fan of their stuff. And when that landed in, when, when Craig got onto me, sent me the album I was have to put it out yeah. hopefully we're in talks of releasing it on vinyl so mm. fingers crossed for that one yeah I had so, the pleasure um, of seeing him um, play with Elder Druid up in Belfast uh, for the album launch in January mm. last year oh very nice class yeah, yeah they were fantastic man and the first time I seen him I was opening the the set in Galway as Rory and then I was opening their act so I played twice in the night <laughs> I opened up their set great crack they filled the fucking set have you ever been in the cellar in Galway small little yeah, yeah. So they that one part was actually there oh lovely yeah they filled the cellar with you know the, the dry eye smoke and whatever so it was great couldn't see nothing but man, I'll never forget it. I was sitting at home in my flat about four hours later having a drink. And all I could hear was... <laughs> what the fuck is... Oh, shit. <laughs> so yeah, they made a lasting impression, you know. <laughs> ah, cool. So the name of the track is Tumulus. I think so. I'm not great pronouncing Tumulus. Jesus, yeah. You and me both. And it's off Tides and it's on Curse Monk Records. Roger Boyle, thank you so much for coming thank on you the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having me. Fair play, Daniel, Daniel as usual. Fair play. Thank you as well for Stuff. coming on. And we'll see out the show with this great track.
That is so cool. That was Nomadic Rituals. Shout out to Craig, Peter and Mark. You can get the album. It's called Tides on Curse Monk Records again. Thanks a million, Roger, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks, lads. Cheers, Hit that subscribe button on the Metal Cell podcast and see you next week, I suppose, with more metal. Cheers, lads.